Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. The show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360 or email us anytime on the show or the podcast at hope at hopenet360.com. Dave, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm great. It's good to be with you and our listening guests. I hope we uh, have a great conversation that can stimulate somebody to really think about who God is and how special they are to Him. Yes, and to inspire hope, this is the show where conversations save lives, and we hope that tonight something we talk about engages a conversation to happen, whether it's in your family or it's with friends. We really want to inspire you guys to have some hopeful conversations. A lot of stuff we talk about these days doesn't add up to much, but if we have some of these important conversations to talk about things that really do matter, like faith, like life, like struggles, like doubts, like fears— uh, that's really the place where hope can come in and change lives for the better in a lot of ways. And always remember, there's a live coach waiting to talk to you anytime you need to. You can chat with them at hopenet360.com. Click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. Day or night, doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It could be a big deal. It could be a not a big deal to you. But if you need to chat, there's always someone that cares and is always willing to listen to you. So I do want to just share a couple of things. We have some really neat events coming up on the calendar that guys can really be a part of. And uh, we really want to invite you guys to be a part of Scramble for Hope that's coming up at the end of this month in just a couple of weeks on June 27th. This is going to be in Sherwood, Wisconsin. Sherwood Forest Golf Club. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jarrett Bush, the cornerback of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be there, and he'll be out golfing with us, and we would love for you guys to be there. It's a nine-hole golf scramble, and it's going to be a lot of fun, something that you can you can sign up tonight, and uh, if you haven't gotten your dad something for Father's Day, this would be one of those good things to send him off to on a Friday, either Friday morning or Friday afternoon. We have two shotgun start times. Uh, also, we've got some really cool things coming up for probably a lot of guys, but girls are also welcome to be a part of it if you're a teenager. Uh, we are partnering with Bill Van Kirk. He's the youth pastor at Spring Lake Church in Green Bay, doing some Ultimate Frisbee Nights. And this is 6.30 to 8 p.m. starting this Tuesday. So check out details at HopeNet360.com on both of those things. And uh, also, summer camp is coming up fast for you guys. I know you've got some camps going on right now. Uh, but as far as, I know you've got family camps up. I'll be coming up during senior high camp. And that's coming up in July. And maybe, Dave, just share a little bit about what you guys do at the camps. Yeah, you know what? If you're in high school, you want to come up and be a part of our high school camp. Uh, basically, uh, zip lines and water skiing and horses and just hanging out with friends and great times in chapel, messages that will stimulate you. Bring a friend that doesn't know Jesus, or if you're concerned and you're not really sure who he is, come and see. We invite you to check it out at silverbirdtrans.org and join us for a week this summer. A little less than a week, actually. Yeah. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk a little bit from John 9. So if you're there, we're going to do that. We also want to wish a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there on this Father's Day. 
And hopefully you've had a good day. And tonight we're going to talk specifically to a lot of the men, a lot of the guys who are listening who are dads. Or if you're a young man who hopes one day to become a dad, this show is going to be for you. And uh, many men today in our society, Dave, not always this case, but a lot of them, I think, are really struggling, whether they're addicted to things, whether they're just going through times of feeling like they're inferior. Insecurity is big among guys in our culture today, more so than I think that we know or we can totally comprehend. Some are, are confused about who they are or what it means to be a dad or what it means to be a man in our society. There's a lot of different messages out there. There's a bigger picture in this whole scheme of life. Yeah, you know, what? It, one of the things that amazes me is the confusion that there is about who God is and the confusion there is about what he says. Uh, and as a dad, one of the major responsibilities I have in life is to introduce my family to who God is for real hmm. and, and to live in a way where they can imitate me. And, and as I imitate God, as I understand what truth is, you know, I was talking to a young man recently that's a father of five children, and he was making a very difficult decision. Hmm. And, and I asked him, uh, a lot of advice he was getting was, you know, you need to be responsible, you need to take the job with the most money, you need to do this. And yet there was this other offer that was actually in ministry that was tugging at him that was going to make it so that he made less money than, than more money. Go figure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know what's interesting is that the word that kept getting thrown around was responsible. He needs to be responsible. Hmm. And he looked at me and he just said, I need to be responsible. And I, and I stopped him and I just said, well, you know, that sounds great. But responsible for what? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you need to be responsible for? And there was a blank stare. You know, well, how about making money? And really? Is that what we're responsible for as dads? Mm. Or is there a bigger responsibility than that? Is there, can you, let me ask you this, Jeff. As, can you be poor and be happy? Absolutely. Can, can you be um, one who has a disease today and be happy and be a blessing to somebody? Very much so, yeah. Yeah, so really having money and having health isn't necessarily the things in life that cause us to be okay. We think it'll necessarily make our lives easier Yeah. if we don't have, or if we have money and we aren't sick. Yeah, so let's say that there's a man out there that is working very hard. There's a guy out there working two jobs and, and trying to help his family, that kind of thing, but they're not rich. They're, they're actually on the borderline, and they're trying to make ends meet and that kind of thing. Can he be happy? Yes, he can. Yeah. So what's interesting is that I talked to this young man that was trying to make a decision. I asked him to go home and to open the Bible and to talk with his wife and discuss what is it that we're really responsible for in life. Let's get that down first so we're not confused. And then we'll make a decision about a job. Uh, And and I wasn't telling him that he should take the ministry job or the other job. Hmm. I was saying, be careful about understanding what you're really responsible for. I think, Jeff, there's all kinds of confusion in the world that that men should step up to the plate and help sort out again. Uh, For example, as they travel places, people have all kinds of ideas about who God is, all kinds of ideas. You know, many people think that God is an angry God that's waiting to punish people who step outside the box. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, where'd they learn that from? (laughs) I mean, really, that's not in the Bible anywhere. Yeah. He's not an angry God. Now, now, many of them think that God is an absent God. Like, man, I talk to God, I talk to him, but he, he never answers me. Hmm. Really? But that's not who I find God to be. You know what I'm thinking, Dad? Some of the conclusions, the confusions, I should say, instead of conclusions, that our children have are because we just haven't been very clear to them as fathers. I, I would like to challenge each dad that's listening 
to listen to the program today and to really be one who who takes on the challenge of showing their family who God is. They need to see it. And young people, you know, you might be saying, well, my dad will never do that or I don't have a dad or, you know, I understand that. And here's what you need to do. You need to be able to have a mentor in your life who loves God. And we want to encourage you to do that. You need to be able to go to the Hope line at hopenet360.com and and click on that live coach button and talk to somebody about the things that are on your mind. Mm -hmm. Because we want to settle the confusion about God and about he is the one that ultimately calls himself a father. Yes. And we need to understand how a father operates by looking at God and realizing uh, what he will do and how he will intervene with our lives and how will, he will intersect. He is not passive. He is not just sitting there uh, waiting for us to fail so that he can laugh at us or anything else. You know, God is very well described in Scripture. I'm a guy that gets to travel around and speak, and, uh, and I do a few radio things, and I'm the, the president of a ministry. And there are people that actually come up to our ministry, Silver Birch Ranch, and they have already decided who I am before they've ever met me. And you know what? I'm not who they think I am. Yeah. Because on radio, as a matter of fact, they can hear my voice. And when they see me, they go, oh. You know, it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was in the story the other day in Andigo, Wisconsin. And, and I was in Walmart, believe it or not. Okay. And I was talking to a couple friends there. And um, all of a sudden, there was a person behind me. And I turned around. They go, you're on the radio, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, yeah. Oh. I mean, one of those numbers. It's like... <laughs> What does that mean? I wasn't what you expected. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was what you expected. I, you know, I have no idea what they were thinking. Did and, I sound good? Yeah. <laughs> do you like me? You know, I, I don't know what's going on here. That but, is so true, though. Yeah. That is so true. And, and so many of us guys uh, today in our culture, there are so many different uh, beliefs that we have, you know, about life and what it should be like. That The guy that said I need to be responsible and what his interpretation of responsible is such a clear indicator of what responsibility means in our culture. Yeah. And in different cultures, when you look at countries outside of a Western mindset, you see a different type of father. You see a different type of man. And they're not all the same as what we see in America or, you know, if you're over in England or some of these more first world countries, developed, industrialized cultures, you see some different things. And so we're going to talk more about what it means to be a man. Remember to connect with us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. And we'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts, and we're glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Make sure to connect with us. You guys don't have any excuses now. It's summer. It's summer break, and you're listening, whether live or on the podcast. You can send us a message anytime on Facebook or Twitter at HopeNet360. Just connect with us there. Let us know as we're talking tonight what your thoughts are, what you're thinking, what's going on in your world. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Or you can send us an email anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Dave and I connect every single week with you guys. Love reading your messages, and we do respond back to every email that comes in. So... 
connect with us on the show. Tonight we're kind of we're wishing dads a happy Father's Day first and foremost. So uh, hopefully if you have a dad in your life or maybe you are a dad, I hope that you took some time just to reflect on it. The reality, and we did the same thing for mothers too, we realize on this show that there are a lot of people who listen who are in life situations where they don't have a parent or maybe both parents in their life. And so when we, when we recognize dads and we say happy Father's Day and maybe it's not happy for you, we're recognizing the importance of family on this show. We do whatever we can to inspire hope and, and conversations to happen. In the family context, we want conversations to happen among your friends and talk about faith and life. We want conversations to happen in your church, whether it's in your youth group or in your church, whatever your context is there. We put so much importance on the family and those things. Those are very important to us. So it might be hard for you. Father's Day, any holiday may be difficult for you if you've lost a loved one. Remember, you can always chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com day or night about whatever's going on in your life, especially if you just need someone to listen to you. Uh, because I know, and Dave, you've had the same thing too, where young people have come up to you and, and they've started to talk to you about stuff. And you just sit there and you're just you're listening because you feel like this person has had so much going on inside and they've just not had someone that they could go and talk to that's safe, yeah. that you can talk to about this stuff. That to me is that's such an important thing that we all know that we have somebody we could just go to to talk to, especially when we feel confused in life and not sure what to do or where to go with this stuff. Yeah, you know, and sometimes the confusion gets worse before it gets better. In other words, there are so many young people that I've talked to through through the journey. This is my 48th summer here at Silver Birch Ranch. Hmm. So there's been thousands of young people that I've talked to. It, oftentimes as I'm talking, I can see a young person's eyes swell up with, with tears. Hmm. And I know immediately there's no older guy in your life, is there? Because I'll look at him like a dad would. I'm a dad. I'm an old dad. So <laughs> You're not old. I'm not old, but I'm, I'm an old dad. I mean, my kids are grown up and they're gone. And I, sure. you know what? I act like a dad. To, to the kids that come here. It's, it's, they're, they're talking about something, and, and I'll let them talk, and eventually I'll say, you know what I would tell you? you know, and then I would say it, and their, their eyes swell up. It's not that they reject me mm-hmm. at all. It's like they don't have anybody in their life talking to them that way. Hmm. I, I really firmly believe that young people, you do need an older man in your life that loves God and that will not be about themselves. This is a dangerous time in history. I understand people can do weird things and they yeah. can they can manipulate the system. Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful in that sense. But but you also need someone who actually loves God that can talk with you. And dads, if you're listening, you need to be the right kind of dad. You need to be the dad that loves God. And when you look at young people, we need to think as God would think. We need to think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to make this person's life the best it can be. Mm-hmm. And and when we get that network going, we're doing what we should be doing. We're cleaning up the confusion that's out there, the confusion about God, the confusion about love. If I'm going to attack, if I'm Satan and I'm attacking, I'm going to attack what a father is because God is my father Mm -hmm. and he will only do right. I'll tell you a story. I was at my my doctor's and I think I've told this before, but it was a different doctor this time. And we were talking about some of my issues and this time it was a heart issue that I have. And, um, and, And again, as we were talking about, I told my doctor, I said, you know what? I'm okay with this thing. And, and he looked at me again, and, and, and I said, well, remember, I have a heavenly father who actually loves me, hmm. and he won't do wrong. I know that. And so I know, too, that he has the power and the ability to heal me, like, right now, that this thing could be done, over with, kaput. Hmm. But he decided no. And here's what I know about my father. He has never done a random thing. He does not do things that hurt his children. He will not hurt me in this process. Now, it may look like I'm in pain or whatever else, and that may be. But in the long run, 
he will do what's right because he's my father. Now, where do I get that conclusion from, do you think? Well, in my life, I grew up with a father who was that way. Hmm. I have no problem transferring that to God. When my dad died, he was probably my best friend in the world. And when he died, I couldn't understand why God allowed him to die. You know, what was interesting is as I stood at my dad's casket looking at that dead body, I realized he wasn't there. And it was like the transfer of things I learned about a father began to transfer to my heavenly father, as it should be. Hmm. I was given a great example in life of a father, and I was able to transfer that. Now, some of you are listening and say, I never had that. I, I understand that. I, I really do. But here's the challenge. Guys like me, then, need to be fathers to everybody we see. Yeah. We need to be that kind of guy. I need to be first and foremost to my own family, but that, to everyone else. Jeff, you've got young children. I do. Right? See, I want to encourage you. You be that kind of dad. Mm-hmm. You be the dad that, that they can watch and they know who God is by how you act, and by how you love, by how you treat your wife, and by how you, you use your money and your time and your effort. See, and then when, when someone talks about a heavenly father, they're going to have an idea of what that means. Yeah. Now, again, it's okay. They may never get it until you die. They may be, not be able to transfer it until you die. But that's okay. That's how God designed it. So, men, take the challenge, man. We, we are the people that allow a visible understanding of God. Can I go into John 1 real quick? I mean, as I think about John 1, Jesus came and said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yep. And, and then later in the chapter, he said, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us so we could behold the glory of God, so yeah. we could see God. What, what he was saying is, you know what? A lot of times Christianity is a concept. It's an idea. Hmm. And Jesus came to bring the idea to reality. And, and men, if you're listening, I want you to go to John 1 and read it like 10 times. Because I think your job is to bring the reality of God to your children mm-hmm. and to your wife and to your workplace. And that's our challenge. And, and I know that's not exactly the route we were going, but that is something that, <laughs> that is on my heart as, as Father's Day is here. The importance of dads. Every child searches for a dad. Every child does. It's, God put it in their hearts. And so, dads, don't, don't mess up on this one. And if you do, go, go straighten it out. You can yeah. do that. That's the cool part of life is we can say we were wrong and, and start all over. And, uh, and some of us need to do that. And today's culture is it's very confusing in a lot of ways, what the responsibilities are of dads, what that is of men in general. And, you know, Dave, as, as you were talking, and you know, I'm just thinking I still have my dad here, and, and I'm so thankful for my dad. You had a good dad. Um, I feel like I had a good dad. He may not have been as good as your dad or whatever. And there may be some people listening tonight that are like, wow, you know, my dad wasn't that good. You know, I've had a dad that disappointed me that, you know, let me down that forgot about my track meet or my, you know, my sports game or whatever, you know, something that was going on. Like there was a time where my dad let me down. And for some of, some of you that are listening tonight, your dad's let you down in a big way. And many, there are many guys today, and, and this is really a sad statistic, but there are many families out there, single parent families who are going without a dad. There's just no, there's no husband in the life. The dad left them, abandoned them. And so there are those issues that come up too. the anxiety that comes with those things. There's so many things in our life and in our, in our world that we see that uh, should cause us pain. You know, looking from my life, what, what keeps me up at night isn't so much the fact that my kids are crying. I do have young children. That's not the thing that really keeps me up. That really gets under my skin. That really, you know, if I had the choice to sleep or to think about something, the thing that keeps me up would be the fact that I'm going to fail my kids at some point. 
you know, you're... that I'm going to make mistakes because there are so many confusing voices out there that are like, this is what you should do. This is what you should be chasing after. This is what it, this is what success looks like yeah. for your family and for you. And then you've got kids. And one of the things that keeps guys, I think, from being committing fathers today is the fact that they're afraid of failure. They're afraid to admit that they've failed. They're right. afraid um, to. They're afraid of so many different things that they they kind of fight this secret battle inside. And they, there's so many dads tonight that, you, that you're listening, and you're like, you're fighting this inner battle that's going on, and you're unsure of who you can go to to talk to about this stuff. These are the the moments right now. I just want to encourage you to jump on and, and send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. If that's you tonight, if you're feeling like you're just confused, I don't know what being a dad is all about, share your fears, your dreams, your your things that keep you up at night. Because I think when we start to open these doors to talk about them, hope comes in. Absolutely. And we're not going to share them with anybody else. And we just we want to hear from you guys tonight, especially you dads, you husbands, you single men that are out there that, you know, your fears, your dreams, the things that keep you up at night, let us know what they are here on the show tonight. I would like to encourage you to my dad who is a great dad, his dad was an alcoholic who beat him. He didn't have a good dad. But there was a Christian guy that got into his life and a Christian pastor who mentored him. Yeah. And they changed the course of events because my dad could see what a man should be like with them. So those of you that don't have a dad, you need to be looking for one who loves Jesus, really, mm-hmm. and will, will take that place. And those of you that are older that love, love Jesus, you, you look for that younger man, mm-hmm. and, and you reach out to him. Yes, you do. We're going to take a break on the show here tonight. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be back here with more on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Happy Father's Day to you dads out there. And uh, again, for some of us, it's this isn't an, always an easy time of year, especially if we've lost a dad or a dad is, has left the family. The realities in our culture are limitless. And tonight, it's not to put salt on the open wound. It's really to talk about things. And just like I said in the last segment, we care about families. Families are so important to everything we do at HopeNet 360, at Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolet Bible Institute, everything you guys do. Families are really a cornerstone of our society today, are they not? Oh, they are. And we have to understand and not be confused about what the role is. I, I tell kids all the time, I think marriage and family is the greatest thing God ever invented. And it's something, if, if you're struggling through that, we invite you again, contact us or contact hopenet360.com and, and click on a live coach and talk to them. Get some input other than just the struggle and the people around you that are promoting the struggle. Let's, let's yeah. figure out how to solve this thing. In John 9, there's an interesting story here, and we, we talked about this a little bit during the break, but I think today, one of the things of us guys, maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I'm that person who I want everything to be running at optimal speed strength and optimal speed. Uh, I want things to be neat in a box, cookie cutter in a way, you know, because to me it's, I'm a guy, I compartmentalize things. So, you know, home life needs to be perfect. My job life needs to be perfect. Uh, dreams and goals should be on target. Uh, all of these things. And if there, if any one of those is out of whack, it, it like messes up my entire world because right. I'm a guy and guys are a little bit less emotional, but we tend to compartmentalize things. So when, when something's going wrong here, we're trying to put this fire out and and there's a lot of families today and maybe a lot of husbands, too, who are in this spot where they feel like their family is not perfect. Right. 
Yeah. It, did I ever bother you when you were a dad growing up? Maybe it, it just bothers me, but you know what's interesting? I th- I think if we get taught the truth from a very early age, being not perfect is something we know that happens. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think you're as bothered by it. I mean, you're bothered by the fact that you're not perfect in that sense. But but you know that there's going to be a failure, and you know you have a loving father you can go to and talk it through and, and solve it. When you're a kid, when I was a kid and I made a mistake, I knew that I could go to my dad and he'd help me fix it. Yeah. I mean, I knew that. When I, when, I remember when I smashed a car the first time. You know, I, I smashed it into our own workbench in the garage. Mm. So double whammy, knocked yeah. the workbench down and ruined the light on the car. You know, both. And I knew that I could go to my dad and say, oh, dad, you ought to made a mistake. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, he said, okay, did you have the radio on? Yes. Did you? All right, next time. And, and he fixed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he paid for it for, for me to get it fixed. But the next time I did it, which I did do again, mm-hmm. I paid for it. You know what I mean? It was one of those things. Yeah. But what was interesting is I always knew where to go to get the solution to the problem. Well, you went to your dad. Right. But where do dads go? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, that we go to our dad. Now, now let's take a look at, at the ninth chapter of, of John, because here, here it's like God sets up confusion in order to teach people what really is and clear the confusion. Yeah. So sometimes life gets more confusing rather than less confusing in order to help us understand what shouldn't be confusing. Are you confused? Uh, anyway, right now. Yeah. Uh, let me read some of this to you. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I mean, think about it for a second. These are his disciples, the ones that are supposed to be the well-trained, they really know something, people. Yeah. Yeah. So who is it that sinned? What, what happens right away is they're asking God. They, they have, if, you, if you've ever heard us talk about Job, I mean, you, you'll understand. One of the things they're doing is saying, Oh, God must be the God, a God who sits in heaven, and when we do something wrong, there's retribution, and that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Now, let me correct that. God is a father who wants things to work right, and he has no desire to punish. His desire is reconciliation. Mm-hmm. His desire is that we live the way we were meant to be. That's his desire. So Jesus is going to take this opportunity. It says, Jesus answered, it was not this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while this day, night is coming. And he goes on and he basically says, look, there's a plan for this thing. There is no randomness of God and there's no desire to punish. There was a plan for this guy to be blind. And so what he did is it says in verse six, having said these things, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes in the mud and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which meant sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Now, now that's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You have any idea why the mud thing? You know, to be honest, that was one of the questions that I had kind of going into our discussion further yeah. tonight was there are so many things. And we need to unpack this whole thing because here the disciples have identified an imperfect family. Right. And I don't know if they felt this same way. I think they did. I think what the disciples there said was very significant in that it probably showed a belief of what people thought about or what they interpreted as a sign from God. If someone has a disorder or someone has a disease that is, whether it's hereditary or it's something, this guy was born blind. So their, their thought was this family, somebody has done something here to deserve God's punishment. This is a punishment from God. And this is what Satan was counting on in the book of Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible. You know, he was counting on the fact that if God took away the blessings, quote of Job, that Job would feel like, oh no, what did I do wrong? And his three friends came and said, what did you do wrong? Yes. I mean, that was their idea of God. Men, listen, that is not who God is. And that's not who we should be. We are not looking to just 
say, oh, you're wrong and I'm right. That, that isn't the deal here. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the disciples were confused. And this man was confused. I don't know why he did the mud thing, by the way. I, I mean, I don't think that, that God, if God wanted us to know why he did the mud thing, it probably would have been in here. Yeah. But we don't know. I, I do have a guess, though. I, I think if you look at this passage, Jesus didn't want him to open his eyes and see who he was right then for some reason. Because he meets him later and tells him who he is. There's something behind this where he wanted to send him away to go do something. And when he did that, he, he could see, but he didn't know who Jesus was. Remember, he never saw him. Mm-hmm. So Jesus healed a guy who, when he was healed, he opened his eyes. Imagine that. The first time he opened his eyes, he was born blind. Mm-hmm. So the first time he opened his eyes, and he didn't know who Jesus was. He never saw him. Yep. So for some reason, he wanted that to happen, and he did it this way. But other than that, I have no idea, and I could be totally wrong because it's just a speculation on my part. But, but what's interesting is that what happened next. In verse 8, it says, The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he's like him. <laughs> and he kept saying, I am the man. Can you just yes. picture this? This this young guy, or however old he is, you know, he's sitting there going, no, I'm him, really. I'm the guy that was blind. Yes. <laughs> and everyone's going, no, no, yeah, no, no, you can't be. Nope. You can't be blind. It's not you. You know what's interesting here, Jeff? <laughs> Just think of the dynamic here. Here's a young person, a young person, mm-hmm. who found health with Jesus, and nobody wanted to admit that it was there. Yeah. A young person that's listening today. You know what's going to happen sometime? You're, you're going to find Jesus. If you haven't, you, you need to. You need to join our family. You need to join. God wants to reconcile with you, and you need to, to, to be able to do that. And if you're confused about that, go to HopeNet360.com, click on Live Coach, and talk to them. But the bottom line really is, you know, sometimes parents, families, friends have a real hard time when we want to change. Mm-hmm. When, when change happens, they say, no, this can't be. This isn't who you are. Yeah. This is not who you are. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're blind. What have you done with my kid? Yeah. You, <laughs> you are blind. Yeah. You need to stay blind. Yes. You know, it's like, no, I'm not. Don't pull this here. No. Don't make a scene. No, the truth is I met Jesus. <laughs> Do you realize that when you meet Jesus, everything changes? It does. It, everything changes. And because God is the only one that can do that. And, and here's what I think was really interesting on this confusion. The neighbors, the friends, the people who understood who this kid was, was saying there is no way that you can be different. If you're listening today and you're a young person and you believe there's no way you can be different, let me suggest that you have not met Jesus yet mm-hmm. because there is a way you can be different. There's a way that things can be different. And just like my human dad, he changed everything about his family once he met Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, when my dad met Jesus, his dad was an alcoholic. His older brother was an alcoholic. They both died from that, I believe. And, mm-hmm. and my, my, uh, my dad had two younger sisters. And he began to take them to church. He began, he went out and got five paper out so he could feed them. It was during the Depression. Mm-hmm. He, he, and one of his sisters became a, a, a lady who translated the Bible in a, in a language down in Mexico. The other was a pastor's wife and a teacher all her lives. You know what? His mom came to Christ, and I understand my grandpa even did on his deathbed. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is there was a young man who met Jesus. Yeah. And this Jesus changed everything about his life. Those of you that are headed down a dark road and you cannot figure out how to change and you've been there forever, it seems, you've been blind since birth, let me tell you, God has no desire to punish you and keep you there. Mm-hmm. That isn't any idea of his. You need to meet the real Jesus. And when you do, I'm telling you, your eyes will be open and you'll be able to do things and be a different person. And those around you may not accept that, mm-hmm. but it won't change the fact that you're a different person. Yep. 
When we come back, I'm going to ask the question about relating to depression and mental health and suicide even to talk about if God ever intends to create us with those things. So you're not going to want to miss the next part of our show. Keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio tonight. Don't forget, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Also, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. We'll be back with more of this conversation on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff from HopeNet Radio. We all know that teen suicide is a dark reality in our communities. The numbers are sobering. Feelings of hopelessness and depression are very real in our youth and parents today. HopeNet 360 continues to be a beacon of hope in our communities through HopeNet Radio Show and Podcast, educational seminars, the Crisis Chat Line, and local hope-giving community resources. There's much more work to be done, which is exactly why I want to invite you to join me at Scramble for Hope 2014. Scramble for Hope 2014 tees off on Friday, June 27th at Sherwood Forest Golf Club in Sherwood, Wisconsin. Break out the clubs and play nine holes of golf with me. See if you can take the title for the longest drive or the longest putt. Challenge the celebrity and go for the hole-in-one. Go to HopeNet360.com to register for one of the shotgun start times. If you can't make it but wish to donate, you can do that there as well. Get your golf fix. Learn about what HopeNet360 is doing to save lives from suicide in Northeast Wisconsin. Scramble for Hope, June 27th at Sherwood Forest Golf Club. That's HopeNet360.com slash golf. See you there. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad that you've joined us on the show. If you missed the first half of the show, you can go back and listen at HopeNet360.com after we air tonight. And uh, would love to have you share this show with other people. Make sure if you do, subscribe on iTunes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we love our online community there on iTunes. And if you'd be so kind, leave a, leave a review and to let people know that you listen, share it with your friends, um, share these past episodes. Some of these are incredible conversations that we get to have, uh, various guests that come in on the show, and you guys make it all possible. So connect with us that way. Anytime, day or night, you want to email us and connect with us, your thoughts on what's going on in your life or something that relates to the show that you're listening to, you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. And we would love to hear from you. Every single show is on our website, HopeNet360.com as well. So September 1 will be the one-year mark. Let us know what your favorite shows have been. Uh, But tonight we're wishing dads a happy Father's Day out there. And if you have a dad in your life, make sure that you do in some way reflect your love and your appreciation for them. Um, And we know this can be a difficult holiday for a lot of people, some who do not have dads in their life, whether it's by choice, by death, whatever. And uh, we're not trying to put salt on an open wound. All we're trying to say is family is so important. We need to honor moms and dads. We did the same thing for Mother's Day as well. And I just want to reflect on having dads in life because we all, one way or another, we all have a dad in our life. It's a little bit different than a mom, but a dad is still just as important. And today, our culture, uh, men in our culture today tend to be in some ways disconnected. They tend to be maybe confused or adolescent in a lot of ways. There's uh, even in our society, there's kind of a prolonged adolescence going on in our culture, some kind of a phenomenon that's uh, very much impacting our, our lives and our culture. And 
And in a lot of ways, it, it kind of drops the bar of what dad and what fatherhood looks like in our society. But even more than that, what manhood is in our society. And we're talking a little bit from John 9. So if you got your Bible, you can feel free to open up to John 9. But talking about this blind man, the disciples saw this blind man. Uh, they asked Jesus why he was blind, essentially, who sinned here is what he said. He's saying that, you know, this blindness from birth was caused by someone's sin. And, uh, and Jesus had something totally, totally outside the box of what we think of a normal solution, what a normal solution is. You know, I opened up the can of worms. I'm just going to ask it, David. I want to hear your honest thoughts about this. But um, many people are probably wondering, especially if you've been touched by suicide or depression, any kind of mental health issues, does God create people with a predisposition to attempt suicide or to suffer from a mental illness? Or does God create people who are depressed? What, do you, what are your thoughts on these big questions? Way to throw a loaded question yes. at me. Here's what I think. I think that there's a way that God created life. And that as we live apart from that in any way, shape, or form, we are miserable people. And the misery that is caused by living in a way that is not reconciled to truth eventually causes some tremendous problems. And sometimes it feels like they're irreconcilable. Uh, you know, we're systemic in how we do it. In other words, we're systems. So, so what happens a lot of times is um, we begin to be affected in small ways. And eventually those small ways begin to affect other areas, our emotions, our thinking processes, and, and what else. And, yeah. and before you know it, it's very hard. To, it's difficult to turn those things around because of the hours of influence that we've had in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I would say that God does not create people depressed. I don't think it's like a cancer. I don't think it's like something else that might happen. Now, with all that said, you know, I think there's some questions that are just hard to answer for all of us. You know, first of all, we all like to say that like suicide or or depression or whatever, is like a disease that we can't control. I, I'm not sure that that's true, um, and I'm not sure that's completely false. I, I, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that it, there can be a downward spiral at times where it's very difficult to, to uh, come out of a certain situation. Uh, I don't think it's impossible because I think God does the impossible. He did it right here. Exactly. And, yeah, and that's, that's the important thing to understand is that God can cure things. And I think that when you're talking depression and whatnot, I, I think a lot of times it has the characteristic of, of just believing lies. And the fruit of believing lies is going to be mm-hmm. depression and anger and hopelessness and that kind of thing. So if somebody tonight is depressed, it's listening to us, or feeling hopeless, what, what I would suggest to them is that, that very possibly there's things in their lives that they're believing that aren't true. Mm-hmm. And they need to talk to somebody who understands what truth is and realize that maybe they have to investigate thinking differently than they're thinking today. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how many people want to get better but not change. You know, I mean, yeah. it, and, and that's yeah. not going to work. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. And, and, and that's very important to understand. So uh, if, if I am one who wants to be a good baseball player, I will not talk to someone like when my mother was alive, I wouldn't talk to her. She never, she didn't know what end of the mitt to put on. You know, I'm not going to talk to her. <laughs> However, I will talk to somebody who has, has worked through things and learned how to catch and that kind of thing, and I'm going to talk to them. If you want to learn about God, you need to find someone who knows him and has lived their life uh, knowing him and walking with him. You want to learn about marriage. Look at somebody who has a good one. Look at somebody who loves God in their marriage yeah. and, and learn from them. Yep. So if today you're yep. depressed thinking, boy, it's dark, I, I think, Jeff, they're looking down the wrong street, and they need to turn around. 
and they need to look for somebody who actually gets it mm-hmm. and begin to talk with them. And they can do that at hopenet360.com. Click on a live coach. They can do that. Yeah. They can email us. We can help them. We can, we can dialogue with them. Uh, but more importantly, uh, in their area, they need to find somebody who actually is doing this thing right and begin to allow some new ideas to come into their head. Uh, because I don't think that we're predisposed to it. I think we get there. It's some people have personalities that maybe um, see the glass half empty rather mm-hmm. than half full. Yep. I'm not sure that's depression. That's not what I'm talking about. That's more I mean, pessimism. It, it is, and it's it's just more personality, and I think that's yep. necessary. A guy like me always sees it half full. So I need people around me that see it half empty because <laughs> they help me balance, and I help them balance. Yeah. And so I mean, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about depression yes. and anger and, and, and those kinds of things. And really, if you know God, it changes everything about depression, I promise. Yeah. These are, you know, these are bigger topics. And I asked the question because I've, I've had that question asked to me. And there are people who are going through depression. There are, there are different levels of depression. And I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I'm not going to get into all of this and pretend like I know all the medical diagnosis that goes into it. But what I do know is clinical depression is not just something that you can fight yourself. It's not something that, you know, people will tell you, well, just get over it. I, I've heard that quote. I don't know how often people give that advice. Well, just get over it. You know, it's right. it's just the blues. You're going to get past it. You know, when it's, when it's that serious, when it's to the point where you can't get out of bed, anymore. Right. You, you can't function. You can't, you know, even get up and, and take a simple shower. I mean, doing things that are good right. for you. Uh, there's There are different levels of depression. And so tonight, I think we're just, we're going to take this and simplify it a little bit. Look at this story in John 9 and look at what Jesus says here. And what the disciples have asked is, is this person, is, is he, did he do something wrong? Did he sin? Did the parents do something wrong? What were they doing? Why did the yeah. kid get born blind? What, what was wrong with them? Why didn't they, you know, what did they do to deserve this? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it as like this is a punishment from God versus this is an opportunity for God to show who he is. Right. And that is a key distinction because if we don't look at illness, we don't look at sickness or disease or, you know, someone who has multiple sclerosis or is paralyzed and they were born with paralysis or something. Dave, you talked about living your, your young life in a wheelchair for a yeah, time. Yeah. And you went through multiple surgeries, different things in life. I mean, you're different today than you were then. Yeah. But. I don't know how much of it was yourself that changed that situation. But if we don't look with the right lens, really we'll skew how we see God and we'll see how we see the world. I know a great family of mine who has a child who has Down syndrome. And in our culture, there's a stigma associated with that too. And the way we look at these diseases, the way we look at something like blindness in our society and even in their society, they looked at that as this is a problem. There's something wrong with this family, and we're looking at it the wrong way, and we're still guilty of that today in our culture. Yeah, we are. You know, the diseases I have, and I continue, I'm a narcoleptic, I have a heart problem, I have have clotting issues that that happen with me. All of them, I know that my father could clear up, and I know that in each one of those cases, he has used each one to make me a better person, and I see it right now, and I Mm. see what he's doing. See, those are there so that I can show people who God is. They aren't there because I did something wrong. And, you know, there are things. You beat your head on a rock, you're going to get a headache. Sure. You know, if you're going to pray and ask God to stop the headache, he's going to tell you to quit beating your head on the rock. Sure. So we don't want to get into that segment. But basically, if we understand in this case, like we're talking, like I just said, my goodness, things that you can't control. It, no, it's not because you're, you're a terrible sinner and because God wants to punish you. Mm. It's because there's a plan. Yes. I get to point people to Jesus with all this. And so do you. 
And that's where hope comes in. So tonight, if you need an extra ounce of hope, you can chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. Also, send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. We know we're touching on a lot of nerves tonight, but we would love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you at Hope at HopeNet360.com. Let's take a break here on the show. We'll be back with plenty more on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show tonight, the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Happy Father's Day. We're glad that you've joined us. Email us on the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Dave, I opened up the can of worms, and we shared some thoughts on if God creates people with a predisposition to a mental illness or depression or maybe even thoughts of suicide and these sorts of things, because right now this is a big thing in our medical community. There's a lot of research that's still going on. We don't know a lot. We know, probably think we know a lot about the brain, but even in our research, even in the medical community, they'll be the first to admit that we're only scratching the surface, literally, of what happens in our brain, how our neurons fire, and how information passes across our brain, and and then how depression and how... um, thoughts of suicide, what a thought really is, like how do you actually identify what a thought looks like? I yep. mean, it's it's there's so many questions that we have more in science than we have answers to. This story in John 9 that talks about a health condition, talks about a family who in the disciples' eyes was not perfect. There was a man who was born blind, and their response to this situation when they encountered him was, what did this family do wrong? Right. It looks like not a perfect family, and there's a lot of fear in dads that they're not going to have a perfect family. Maybe it's just my point of view, but I feel like there's a lot of families out there who are trying as hard as they can to keep all of the walls up, all of the pillars up, to make their family look and function perfectly in other people's eyes. And they're afraid of failure in so many ways. And guys are so much with this. Dads out there, husbands out there are so afraid of failure and so afraid of people's perception of what they are and and who they are. Yeah, you know, I think we're afraid to embrace the idea that God is sovereign and that he doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't act randomly. Mm -hmm. And, And when we understand that, we may not understand everything about what he does, but we count on who he is. And, and those people today who are disappointed with God, it is because you don't know him and you need to spend some time getting to know him. And yeah. when you do, that's my major job as a dad is to get to know God so that when my children are, are, are trying to figure this out. You know, this child, this young man in John 9, he's trying to figure life out. His parents weren't much of a help at this no. point to do that. You know, and again, a, a parents, as a dad, I always wanted to fix everything. I really did. You know, my, my kids would come to me. Like, you know how when they're just little, they really think dad can solve like every problem that ever existed in the world. Mine could. Yeah. And, and I felt that way too. And I remember looking at my little girls and, you know, something would be broken. I said, daddy, can you fix this? Yeah. And I'm going, sure. You know, and I'm thinking, oh man. <laughs> the Barbie and, doll's you know, head's yeah, off. Yeah. I, I would probably go in the garage and spend like two hours trying to fix it, you know, because why? Because they said I could, they, you know, I wouldn't want to disappoint them. Dad can do anything. <laughs> There's one yeah. reason I love the red green show is because yeah. they solved everything with this duct tape. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you know, it's interesting. I remember once I was thinking of that with them and, and I really had to deal with the fact that I'm human, that I cannot fix everything. And, 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 you know, but I do know one who can fix things. And I remember I, I, I walked my daughter out to the road. I forget which one it was once. And I just said, you know, um, if you go out in the street and you get hit by a car and, and you want me to fix it, I probably can't fix it. There are some things I cannot fix, you know. And, and I, that was a revelation to me as a dad. It wasn't a revelation to her probably, but it was to me. 
because I kept thinking, no matter what happens to these two little girls, I can fix it. And and I think it was it, it was you know one of those moments where I started to grow up as a dad because I realized I, I need to turn them to the one who can fix things. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't fix this. I can't. And and in their lives, they have to understand. I had to tell them this as a dad. You know, you can make decisions that are lethal right now. Yeah. And, and and really, then you could say, "Oops, I shouldn't have done that," but you did already, and and God allows the consequences to take place. What's interesting here in this story, Jeff, is that now the the people who couldn't believe that this happened, who wouldn't believe that that God healed, who believed that God basically was punishing his family, but now the guy could see. Yeah. They brought him to the Pharisees. They said, "Well, let's just deal with this by bringing him to the people who really know what's going on." Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and the problem is 14th verse, not with the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. Now, this is the third time I think he's been asked. Yes. You know, like this is no mystery. <laughs> and he said to them, he put mud in my eyes and washed I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. L- listen to them. This guy isn't God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. So there, he's not even from God. He's an, well, evil, he's an evil person. <laughs> they're looking at all the circumstances around it. I mean, they're, I don't know what, they, what their belief is. Obviously, we know that the problem with the Pharisees is they were spiritually blind. And yeah. this is, that's where we're headed with this. But it's such a fascinating story because, again, we're looking at our circumstances. We're looking at the ways that we think it should work. And if there was an author that was coming up with these stories, the one thing I love to point out about Scripture and the Bible, and when we look at the uniqueness of what Scripture is, when you read a story like this, and you have to consider, if if your mindset is to say, okay, a bunch of dudes got together, and one or two of them wrote down these different stories, and they they came up with the storyline of how this would work and what, what Jesus would be like, what he would do on earth, I don't think it would be in the deck of cards or in the script anywhere that this Messiah person would use spit and dirt to fix somebody's blindness. I mean, to me, that seems foolish. And on the Sabbath? It's not very heroic. Yeah, and, That's definitely and on the heroic. Sabbath of all things. I mean, yeah. really, the, the whole thing yeah. reeks with hilarity to me. It does. It, it's almost as if God was saying, what can I do to reach <laughs> in there and do this? What can I do to cause confusion so that I can clear confusion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, again, believe it or not, the Pharisees wouldn't buy the story that Jesus healed them. And they wouldn't buy that he was from God. And then again, verse 17, so again, they said again to the blind man, what do you say about it? This is the fourth time, I think, <laughs> they're asking him. It's like, this guy's got to be getting tired of the questions. Yeah, it's they're like, like what look, more do you need? Yeah, what so, more can I say? So this guy then comes up and he says, well, I think he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received the sight. So yeah. now they call the parents. Yeah, right? That's now, exactly it. Call the them in the office. The guy is standing right there. Yeah. Every one of his neighbors and friends knew he was blind. Well, they're saying he's faking it. Yeah, faking it. They, they knew it. You know? <laughs> and now the Pharisees are throwing in there, sorry, this can't happen. You know what? There's somebody listening today, Jeff. I just think that a couple things. Number one, I think there's somebody listening today that says, you know what? No matter what, I'm not breaking through to my family, to my friends about the difference Jesus makes. You may not. You may not. But but don't give up on it. Yeah. Because in the end, it will make sense and you will see people start to respond to God, not to you necessarily, mm-hmm. but to what he does in your life. So don't get discouraged by that. But the second group is this this group that just says, I have made up my mind. This is how God is, how he operates, and that's final. Now, look, we, we've talked about before, you can have a belief system or a faith system, 
But, but really, Christianity isn't either one of those. It's a truth system. And, and if your belief is in this religiosity thing where you, you don't do certain things or stand up, sit down, and somehow God's pleased with that, yep. then you don't understand God. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, he wasn't even around for this dialogue. He was busy doing whatever. He's eating a hot dog somewhere. <laughs> you know I mean? It didn't even matter that these people, he, he said, I'm going to throw the confusion bomb in yeah. the middle here, and I'm leaving. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to leave for a while. Let you guys get totally confused. And in the end, you know what? I'm going to go back to the one guy that I healed and make sure he knows me yeah. because I want him to know the truth. The rest of them could care less anyway. They, they don't really want to know the truth. They want to defend yeah. the lie that they believe. And there are those that are listening to us. Your life is kind of a wreck, but you're defending a lie that's not true anyway. It's not true that God wants to punish people. I'm sorry. It isn't true that he wants us to be in pain. It isn't true that he wants to keep us separate from himself. It's the opposite. In fact, as we let God intersect with our lives, as we allow him to be God and our Father, what we find is that things we weren't able to see before, we're able to see, and people will wonder why. Mm-hmm. And, and we get to say, because God touched me, and I can see and understand things that I never understood before now. And, and you know what? People probably respond like, oh, no, you're just in a phase of life, a religious phase. There are people who think that, but the reality is, is you and I all know uh, there are ways that God really does work physically in our reality, too. So spiritually, we may not be able to see things, and, and God opens our eyes spiritually, but God is also in the business of doing physical miracles still today. And so I believe that. You may or may not believe that. Maybe depending on your theology, you may teach something different. But I really do believe that God is still able to seek and to save the lost, to redeem bodies that are broken, to redeem situations that are broken. And tonight, if you're going through something, you need to chat with somebody about whatever's going on in your life, something that's really difficult and you're not sure who to go with. Chat with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Don't forget, Scramble for Hope is coming up June 27th, and there's still time for you to register. So check it out, especially if you're a dad and uh, you'd love to have a Friday afternoon off or something. Uh, It's a nine-hole golf scramble, a great time to connect uh, with other guys and have fun on the golf course. It's not just for guys. Uh, Ladies, you can golf too. So visit HopeNet360.com slash golf and be a part of Scramble for Hope. And to continue to help the ministry of HopeNet360 go on, as well as HopeNet Radio, the show that we're doing. And really, this is the show that the show where conversations do save lives. Dave and I get on every week and we talk about things that matter to teens, young adults, and parents from different perspectives. We'll have different guests on the show. And you can go back and listen to all the past episodes at HopeNet360.com. If you subscribe on iTunes, we thank you guys for being a part of our community. Make sure to let your friends know and uh, to share with them. Leave a review if you would, too, and uh, let people know that you love the show because that just helps people find the show a lot easier, and uh, it just it makes everybody happier, right? That's what we want, a happier world. I don't know if that's why we do this show, yeah. but tonight is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to you guys, and we're glad that you guys are joining us on the show. Uh, anytime you want to connect, email us at hope at hopenet360.com or on Facebook and Twitter, hopenet360. We're always reading your messages, and we'd just love to hear your thoughts as we go on the show tonight. But Dave, this 
is such an important topic of conversation, uh, especially today when a lot of guys uh, live in these modes of quiet desperation, where there's so many guys, and we, we talked about this a little bit last segment, you know, you've got Jimmy, who goes to dad and says, dad, hey, can you fix this? You know, can you do this? Can you whatever? And dad's supposed to be able to do it. He's going to be able to do all things. He's going to kick your dad's butt. Moms, wives go to their husband and say, hey, this is what's going on. You know, and, and we kind of bear that weight of fixing it. Well, where do guys go? And here's a here's a real hard reality in our culture. The number one demographic right now for completed suicides across the board is middle aged white men. Yep. And to me, that is so, it's incredibly sad. These are dads, these are husbands, these are fathers, these are community leaders, they're business owners. You're more than just a number. You're more than just another person on the street. You're a real person that God came and showed the way for. And we believe that there is always, always hope in these situations. And sometimes life gets overwhelming. There are so many different voices today telling you what life should look like, what it could be like, and the way you're not measuring up. And I think us guys bear that weight more than anybody else. We think, wow, if I was only this, if I was only smarter, if I was only, if I didn't make this mistake, if I would have invested in this, if I would have you know, taken this job, if I would have done this, things would be a lot different. Yeah. Things would be better. And there are so many little lies that us guys begin to believe, but the problem is, is instead of att- addressing those lies, we begin to believe them and we let them creep into yeah. our lives. And pretty soon that becomes our truth. Yeah. Look at, look at the dad in this story. In John chapter 9, the dad of the, of the guy that got healed. Yeah. The people, no doubt, thought that he was a sinful man. So yeah. he already lived like a failure. Probably in life he lived like a failure. Now, he was really afraid to side with his son. When it came an opportunity to, to say what happened to him, yeah. he was afraid to do that. Go ask him himself, what was, which was interesting to me. He was because, afraid. Yeah, because, again, he wanted to be okay with the establishment. This guy, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but to me, he reeks of the idea of, I am tired of being a failure. I do not want to, you know, here's, my kid has caused me so much controversy wow. in life. My kid has. Yeah. I mean, he was blind, so people think I'm sinful. Now they think he's lying. Go ask him. Men, you know, one of the things we have to do in life is embrace the truth and look at people and do everything we can to make them successful. Here was an opportunity for a dad to stand up and say, you know what? My son was blind, and he cannot be blind. He's not blind now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know all the story, but I know that he was blind and he's healed. But he didn't say that. Yeah. Instead, he tried to go on the easy route somehow and, and, and get everybody satisfied in the end, including his son. Like, go ask him. Like, you know, he's an adult. I'll let him answer for himself. No. You know what? I think he blew the opportunity. Man, we have, we have an opportunity to, to be in our kid's corner. We have an opportunity to talk about truth. and to Obviously, the kid was blind. I mean, that's the least the father could have said. He was mm-hmm. blind and he can see. You know, it's interesting. The Pharisees called him a second time. Now, the first time, I think they asked him, I don't know how many times, if he was blind. Now they call him a second time, and they ask him again what happened. And finally, this, this guy looks at him and says, you know what? I don't know what to tell you, but, but I know I was blind, yeah. and now I see. Yeah. So whatever. What else you is know, there? What, what do you want me to do here? Would you like me to tell you I wasn't blind? Would, would that satisfy you? <laughs> you know, would you like me to tell you I was blind and I still don't see? <laughs> you know, what do you want me to tell you so exactly. that you're okay? Yeah. 
And, and that's unfortunately what we see a lot of times with both dads, with culture, with society, with government. We want to hear what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. And we are going to keep pressing this thing and spinning it until it goes the direction we want it to. Yeah. So we want God to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. We want him to be one that punishes evil, etc. We, we want people who are less fortunate than us, if you want to call it that, to feel the pain of their sin somehow and, and understand that God isn't blessing them like they do. No. You know what? Mm-hmm. This dad missed the opportunity. The Pharisees missed it. The neighbors missed it. It was obvious. This young man had to walk away. Can you, can you figure now being this guy? He, probably what should have been the happiest day of his life. He got the scene he never saw before. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a bummer. He's walking down the street with his head down, probably, yeah. thinking, nobody likes the fact that I can see. It just ruined their whole idea of God. Hmm. And you know what else is interesting? Sometimes when you find Christ, when God, either God heals you from something or you find, if you decide to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, sometimes what that means is your family abandons you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they already have an idea of what God is, and, and it doesn't fit. So, mm-hmm. you know, they say, sorry, can't work. And right there is a perfect example of that. It's yeah. a mom and a dad who said, talk to him. Yeah. He, he's of age. He can, he can speak his, for his own self. Don't kick us out. See, what, what happened in the Jewish culture in that, in that day and age was the synagogue was a central part of their culture. And so everything happened in the synagogue. It wasn't it was the temple of worship, but there was, this was a, a community area. And if they kick you out of that, it's you got to fend for yourself. And for them, it was it was more of a, a needs thing. It was like uh, we can't get kicked out of this. Right. You can kick him out, but don't kick us out for his yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know? Dan, I'm tired of failing, man. I'm I, tired. You know of, yeah, I'm tired of bearing the responsibility for this. You know, man. I, there were so many times when I was growing up where it was so important that those who loved me came around me when I was a failure and identified with me, not kicked me out. And that's very important. What's interesting here is that. After this dialogue in verse 35, Jesus heard that they cast him out, and he went to him. He found him, and he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him. I love that. You know, you're looking at him, pal, and welcome to the world of sight. You know what I mean? It's like, you've seen him. I've healed you. You've seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. And this is what the guy said. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. You know, it's interesting, that statement he made to him. It was like, you know, it's almost as if he wanted to explain something to him of what was going on. You know, and Jesus was saying, look, I, I, I came into this world as the truth. And you can look and see, Jesus says that about himself. The truth will judge what's wrong very easily. Yep. And and that's what's going to happen. They're wrong. They don't they actually had eyes, but they can't see. Mm-hmm. They need to become blind like you were so they could see like you do. Hmm. And you were blind, but because you were blind now, you see, you understand. It had nothing to do with the sin of your parents. But this blindness has allowed you to come to me. Mhm. And now you see. And I'm glad you're part of the family because I'm about reconciliation. I love that story. And, and I think we need to, to dwell on that. And I encourage our listeners, go read John chapter 9 several times and enjoy what God's speaking uh, about in that particular passage. Yeah. And if you're a parent and you are a parent maybe of a child with a disability, 
good news is God is still in the, in the business of healing, but not necessarily in a physical sense. It's the way that God shows us who he is. He heals our heart. He mends our heart, especially when we've been hurt by those who don't understand, who don't understand disability. They don't understand difficulties. They, they think that this is somehow a curse to you. God has not cursed you. He's not left you. He's not abandoned you. He's not left you with this. God doesn't create junk, and he always is in the business of restoration and taking things that are broken, whether they look broken to us or they're not. God always takes pieces that are broken and puts them together, not so that they can be perfect again, but so that he can show us who he is as the perfect and loving father. Happy Father's Day to all you guys out there. We are so appreciative of you guys. Send us emails anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. We got to go this week, but we'll see you guys online and next week.